Hey, everybody. Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm David Novak, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Kula Callahan. Kula, how you doing today? I'm so good and very grateful to be your partner in crime. I think there are probably <laughs> a lot of people who would love to have that position, and luckily I have it today, so I'm great. <laughs> All right. Well, in today's three more question episode, we're doing a deeper dive into the conversation I had last week with our podcast guest, Marissa Thalberg, the Chief Brand and Marketing Officer at Lowe's. The main takeaway of that episode with Marissa is that as leaders, we need to embrace big changes with curiosity. Where some leaders see shifts in the business coming and feel threatened, Marissa is someone who approaches these situations in a very different way. Yeah, you know, it's so important when you're taking on big things that you do it with an open mindset. And that's where that curiosity comes in. I always went into new situations with that kind of curiosity. And and that's how I kind of became known as a turnaround artist. You know, (laughs) I went into Pizza and did the marketing job when things were bad. And then I went to Pepsi when things weren't so hot. And then I went back to KFC when things weren't so hot. And the thing that really helped me do it was really being curious to what it was going to be to turn the business around, really understanding the situation and embracing the fact that the only way we were ever going to make big changes is if we really dig deep into what we have to do to get it done. Yeah. And, you know, before we dive into the official three more questions, you know, I like to do a little warm up here. And I'm curious, David, what do you feel like is at stake for leaders who aren't able to adopt this lens of curiosity? Well, you stand still. You know, you kind of stay where you're at. The curiosity leads to growth. If you don't have curiosity, you become stagnant. You really don't push yourself forward, and you're never really going to push the business forward without having a curious mind. So true. And Marissa has some really great insight and tips into that. So be sure to check out that episode if you've not watched it yet. But for now, it's time for your partner in crime to dive into the official three questions of this week's Three More Questions episode. Let's get it rolling. All right, David, question number one. Marissa says her superpower is how she's able to connect dots that other people don't see that unlock growth opportunities for a business. What's your superpower and how did that help you unlock growth opportunities? Well, I have to think about that a little bit, but I would say that my superpower is that I have a deep down innate belief in people and people know it. And I've really used that to connect the dots on a couple of fronts that uh, maybe others might not have picked up. The first being that I recognized early on that it's really the soft stuff that drives hard results. You know, so many leaders think they have to have the answer. They've got to be definitive. They've got to have the high performance standards. They've got to continually raise the bar. and, And all of that is true. But sometimes they really miss out on what it is that really gets the best results. And I contend it's really becoming an expert at the soft stuff, being empathetic, being collaborative, showing people that you appreciate them for what they do. When you do that, that really inspires people. They give you their best, and then you get the best results. And the leaders that I respect the most are really good at the soft stuff that drives great results. The other thing is, is my belief in people kind of became clear when I I recognized that when I was in the restaurant business very early on that wherever I went, 
and saw a great business or a great restaurant that had great sales and great margins, there was always a great restaurant manager at the helm because they built the team that satisfied the customers. And, you know, you can't have any organization be successful unless you have great teammates. And nobody ever wants to work for somebody that isn't a good person or someone that doesn't treat them well. So the restaurant general manager became what I called the number one leader at KFC, Pizza Taco Bell, and Yum! Brands. We made the restaurant manager the top leader because we knew we couldn't get results anywhere unless we helped build the capability of our restaurant managers so that they could drive great results and build great teams. But I think stepping back, Two things where I have kind of done what Marissa talked about, where you connect the dots, it would be, number one, the soft stuff that drives hard results, and number two, the fact that, hey, any business you look at, no matter where you go, I always say, show me a good leader and I'll show you a good business. When you don't have a good leader, you're not going to have a good business. And when you start building your company around that fact and making the fact that you need your build your people capability and make that your top priority, man, you get the best people and then you get the best results. It's simple, but not a lot of people do it. It makes a lot of sense. And as you say, the thing about common sense is it's not that common, but we're so guided by our internal landscape. So it just shows how important it is to pay attention to that soft stuff and nurture it and develop it and make it a theme in your company. Yeah, and don't be ashamed of it. Hey, it's okay to be empathetic. It's okay to be understanding. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to recognize people. Have fun doing it. And you won't believe how much better results you get because you don't want to go work at some place that's boring and you don't want to work for somebody that's a jerk. You want to work for somebody that believes in you and treats you the way you need to be treated. Well, I certainly don't want to work for a jerk, and thankfully, I don't. So let's just keep (laughs) that going. All right, question number two. You and Marissa have an interesting dialogue around this idea of fake it till you make it. David, what's your take on that? Is it really okay for leaders to fake a skill until they really develop it? Well, I think that notion of fake it till you make it sounds a little odd and sounds like, I would say, almost like a fraudulent thing to say. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, you know, it's like, oh, I got to fake it. You know, what I think is behind that statement is, look, none of us ever have 100% of everything that we need to be effective in a role. But one of the things that we can express is the confidence and the, the belief in ourselves that we can get whatever it takes to be successful and, and to help the team be successful. You know, I talked to Tom Brady about this, and he said, you know, you never have it all, but boy, the sooner you start acting confident, the more you're going to inspire others and be ahead of the curve on that versus behind it. And I couldn't agree more with that fact. I think that's really helpful, too, for folks who might be just starting out in their careers or just entering into a leadership position. It's almost a relief that, okay, I don't have to know everything yet, but at the same time, I can exude the confidence that I need to take people with me. And the other thing, cool is that you can always be confident enough to know that you will find the right answer and get the help where you need it and conveying to people that you will get it done, even if you don't have all the answers yourself, I think is a very powerful thing to do. Absolutely. All right. Time for question number three. 
Marissa talks about her process for getting the best work out of creative people. David, you spent a large part of your career as a marketer, and I'm curious about your process for getting great work out of creative people. What's it like? I love working with creative people. I mean, it really, really excites me. And, you know, being in marketing, I always had to work with the advertising people and the creatives, the writers and the art directors. And and it was something that I really enjoyed. The first thing that I believe is you need to let them know how much you respect what they do and that, hey, you aren't as creative as they are. You need them. I would always let them know, hey, look, I know what good work is, but I need you to create that work because I can't do it. And the minute I pick up a pencil (laughs) and start coming up with and writing it down, break that pencil because that's your job. So the first thing I did was really try to let people know how much I need them. The second thing is I set a very high standard. You know, I think the worst thing you can do is accept mediocrity. When you approve things that really aren't that good, the creative people know that you can let things slide. And that isn't very motivating to them and it doesn't get you the best work. So I always had a belief that I needed to have a very high standard in terms of what I thought was great. And I had this phrase that I used, when it's great, there's no debate. The fact of the matter is, is that when you have a really good idea, it's so simple, everybody could really understand it and people get excited about it. I really kind of made that my mantra. And I really wanted everybody to be excited about the work that we did. And I wanted it to be great. And you know what? When I saw great work, I went nuts. I mean, I got so excited. I said, can you believe we got this? We have this kind of creative. This is going to be so great when our customers see it. Oh, man, I can't wait to show this at the convention. Our franchisees are going to go nuts. But the whole idea was, is I got excited about the work. And people really love that. That was really, really an important thing to do. But, you know, I remember once I I had a guy who I worked for and I brought him to the meeting. He was at that time the president of the company and he was sitting there and these guys, the creatives made the best presentation. They had the best ads I've ever seen in my life. They were fantastic and I couldn't wait to show it to this guy. And he just sat there like a bump on the lawn. I mean, (laughs) he literally was like comatose. And I said, I got mad at him. I said, this is the best work. And here you are, expressionless. Do you realize how hard this is to do? And I said, I'm not taking you to any more meetings. You don't get to go. I mean, that's so demotivating to the creative people. And so those are a few things I really believe you have to do. It is so invigorating to work with creative people. And my former role at a company I worked for for a very long time, we worked a lot with creatives in terms of helping them come up with their messaging and positioning and marketing. And we had a very formulaic framework that we taught people how to use in order to create compelling stories that captured their audiences. And it was funny, a lot of creative folks, that didn't quite sit well with them at first, but what they realized was when they have a framework, they have a lot more freedom to be creative within that framework. So one of the things that I've learned is that creatives, 
you know, when you don't give them the guardrails or you don't give them a framework to work within, it almost takes longer to get worked on because they don't really know where to start and they don't have a direction. But the freedom that they feel within that framework that is, you know, proven and works, it is really inspiring. And it's so exciting to see the work that these crazy creative people are able to produce in an environment like that. You're absolutely right. And one of the main things you have to do when you're working with creative suppliers is you have to give them a really tight strategy. Mm. You have to make it really clear, this is what you want to get done. This is what you want to communicate. And then ask them to bring you the fresh ideas that break through the clutter and to really make that happen. But that freedom within a framework is really great. I remember a franchisee that uh, we had, uh, he had an old deputy dog voice, and he goes, David, a road that leads to nowhere is hard to build. And, you know, <laughs> you, you got you got to have clarity about where you want that road to go so people can really build the, the creative product you need. Marissa talks a lot about that in the episode that you did with her last week, about tethering the overall strategy and desired result to what the creatives produce. And I think that's a great example of, of how to do that. And you know what, Kula? Every employee, every team member we have, everybody needs clarity of direction. If you're not focused, it's very hard for you to do the job that needs to be done to get the best results for the enterprise. So, you know, one of the things leaders have to do is provide clarity on expectations. And then when they, people deliver it and exceed it, you just get excited and you're very appreciative and you let them know, geez, thank you very much for getting that done. You're helping us move the ball forward. Absolutely. So even if you aren't really working with creatives all the time, these same principles apply to anyone. Absolutely. You know, we all want to work around people who have high standards, get excited when we meet them, give you real clear direction. Don't you just hate that person that comes into your office and has five different ideas in the same day and they drive you nuts? Yeah, it bogs you down for sure. Well, this episode and this three more questions, I think will help a lot of people in the creative space and even just leaders of any team provide that direction, set the high standards and motivate everybody to achieve them. What a great three more questions episode, David. I'm pumped for people to listen to this. <laughs> it, it was fun. We always have a good time. I hope everybody else enjoys it too. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission here to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. You're right about that, Kula. And coming up next... On Thursday is my conversation with Jesse Cole, the owner of the Savannah Bananas, a minor league baseball team in Savannah, Georgia, who's changing the game of baseball. I can't wait for you to listen in. Listen in.